Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. Do you got it? Y'all got it? Revelation 4 verse 1. And after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And I believe we're live right now for our podcast and our YouTube around the world. After this, I've looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking to me, which said, come up and I will show you things hereafter. I want to close the series on the momentum and uh, the momentum um, practicing the voice of God. Um, I think that I was like, was that an angel behind me? What's that going around behind my back? That's like Michael, the archangel coming out of heaven or something. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you. The last uh, point of this series has been five teachers. Have you been blessed with the momentum, man? Wow, we've gotten some serious, I don't know about you guys, but we've gotten some serious breakthroughs. As a church, we uh, finished, you know, paying off what was the construction of the building. Um, finances have been coming pro tempo, and we have some great news coming really soon. Really, really, really soon. Sooner than you think for the progress of the church so that we can enter into phase three. Everybody say three. Phase three is going to prepare us for some tweaks. We want to do a few tweaks in the house, but to start envisioning and dreaming for the land that God has for supernatural culture. Touch your neighbor and say, we're going to build. So after this, I looked and behold, there was a door. Say a door. Was it open or closed? It was open. And he heard what voice? The first voice. It, it sounded like a What? Like a trumpet. And what did he say? Come, come up. All right? And I'm going to show you things. So I taught you guys last week, just to give a recap, I've been teaching, you know, on momentum, on breakthrough, on revelation, on the voice of God. And if you flip the chapter backwards, go to Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will what? Open the door. I will come in and fellowship with you and you with me. So I shared with you guys that <clears throat> we must always be attentive to the voice of God because the voice of God opens doors. The voice of God uh, brings us into new seasons. It accelerates things that were stuck or stagnant. So I showed you how Revelation chapter 3 finishes and then Revelation chapter 4 immediately begins by saying after this, after what? After I heard his voice, I looked. So look at that. Isn't that powerful? After this, after what? After I heard, then I looked. You see how hearing releases sight. Are you, let me say that again. Oftentimes you will hear by your seeing. Because what you see becomes the voice that is speaking to you. Write this down. The highest dimension of hearing God is perceiving God. Write that down. The highest dimension. See, there's a man named, um, his name, Holy Ghost, give me the name of this preacher guy. Um, Rema, the faith movement. Um, somebody help me out. Uh, faith movement, Rema. Um, I 
think um, Shababakos. What's this guy's name? The teacher. No, he, he died already. Um, famous preacher. He taught. He spoke on the faith. Huh? Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Hagen. Was it Kenneth Hagen? Kenneth Hagen was it? I don't remember right now. He's he was a part of that faith movement, and in it's called Rema. And one of the things he said is that the majority of, he had a visitation from Jesus. And one day, the Lord, it's Kenneth Hagin, right? The Lord visits him and begins to show him how God speaks to him. And he says, the Lord told them, the majority, many people hear God through visions. Many people hear God, did you, did you know that dreams are just nothing but night visions? The Bible says that God, said, that God visited Job, he says, and I had a vision in the night. When, see, you can, God can speak to you through a vision when you're awake. Or he can speak to you through a vision while you're sleeping. And many times he can't get through to you while you're awake because you're too stubborn to listen. <laughs> or you're too busy. Or, you, you, or, or he'll speak to you and you'll reason it. So God's got to shut your brain up, so to speak, for a moment. Drop some revelation. And then you wake up like, oh, oh now I get what God's trying to tell me. So dreams are night visions. And so the highest, so, so Kenneth Hagin says that the Lord spoke to him and he says people can hear God through visions, through dreams, through many different ways. But he says the way that God mostly speaks the majority of the time, listen to me, is through your inner witness or your intuition. This is the strongest way the Holy Spirit speaks. As a matter of fact, there's people that are not even Christian and say, I don't know why, but I just felt something was wrong. Because see, the Bible says, write this down in Proverbs 20, 29, 20, 20, Proverbs 20, verse 27 through 29, it says that the, the candle of the Lord is in the spirit of man. Go there right quick. Go there right quick, as a matter of fact. Go to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse Let's start from verse number 27. That wasn't in my notes, but it was in my spirit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip it, all right? Go ahead. 20 verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost parts of his what? Belly, his being. So where is the lamp of the Lord in your? Say with me, my spirit. My spirit. Why does the Bible say Belly. Look at me. You know, this is, this is a mystery, and I, I don't got no, you know, scripture to prove it. I'm not going to make no doctrine out of it, nothing like that. But isn't it interesting that the belly seems like it has, like, no more function, so to speak? You came from your mother's womb. It was a connection. It fed you. Then it was just cut up. But it's so amazing that Jesus said, out of your belly flows rivers of living water. And it says that your, the spirit of the Lord, your candles within your belly, in your gut, in your innermost being, in your intuition. And so the Holy Spirit often will speak to you right down in here. Things that you won't understand. As a matter of fact, write this down. The majority of time, you'll understand it here before you understand it here. You, you need to write, write this down. The encounter happens here before your mind can even understand it. See, you cannot try to, watch this, listen to me, uh, you cannot try to understand God here. No, you must understand God here. See, even if you say, well, I don't understand, but 
how did this happen and where did dinosaurs come from and, and I don't get it and there's mysteries that I don't get. So you're never going to understand it here. You must understand that your spirit man is the one that understands the voice of God. If your mind cannot process what your spirit is processing, it's that your mind has not been renewed by the word. Therefore, your mind is fighting and battling with what your spirit is perceiving because your spirit is a filter that can discern, that can perceive. That's why the highest realm to hear God is to perceive him. See, I don't got to hear him. If I can perceive him, I heard him. I don't have to have a vision if I perceive it, I have seen it. See, how do you know you're maturing? You're maturing when you don't got to see a vision to hear God. Uh, I, I haven't had a dream. I'm depending, you, you, you're depending on dreams like, like a cocaine, like, like, a, like a drug. I, I need a hit tonight, God. I need a hit. Talk to me tonight, Jesus. But the Lord's like, listen to me. I can just speak to your intuition. I can tell you. I can give you peace about that relationship and you'll know this is God. I can make you feel all of a sudden uncomfortable like something ain't right here and you'd be like, that's Holy Ghost. When you start maturing, you start depending on this and not on... See, because I don't go by what I understand, I go by what I believe. Even if I don't see it, but if I believe it, I stick to my guns. I stick to my conviction. I believe the word of God. Even if I don't understand it, the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, it says, those that are led by the spirit are the true sons of God. Now, you know what the word son there in Greek is? It's ujos. You know what ujo means? A mature son. So translate it like this. Those that are mature allow themselves to be led by the spirit. What is an immature Christian? I don't feel like going to church today. It's cold and cuddly in this blanket. And it's raining. I just feel like watching movies at house. Your spirit is always willing, but your flesh is weak. Your spirit always wants to pray, but your body says, no, a little bit more. You're just snoozing. You're just snoozing. You're just snoozing. But your spirit's like, I need to pray. Your spirit's like, I want more of God. Your spirit's like, I need to come to church. Your spirit's like, I need to eat the word. Your spirit's like, I need fresh revelation. Your spirit's like, I need to hear the voice of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, by every. We must live by continuously hearing the word, the voice, the voice, the voice. I need the voice in the morning. I need the voice when I'm going to work. I need the voice when I'm coming out of work. I need the voice in the middle of crisis. I need a... You must learn to live by the voice. Come on, somebody shout amen. Say, I must learn to live... By the voice, we learn to depend on our intellect. And there's a difference between intellect and mind. The Bible does not say you shall love the Lord your God with all your intellect. It says love the Lord your God with all your mind because your mind is the whole heart, mind, intellect, subconscious, conscious, everything saying I choose to love God above my own knowledge. Can you say amen? So oftentimes it will be revealed to you before you understand it. But if you will obey what you don't understand, it will be revealed as you obey. 
Now, here he says, after this, I looked and behold, I saw a door that was opened. Everybody say open. And this is really cool. I talked to you last week about principles. The voice of God elevates you to hear him. The voice of God activates you into the spirit realm. The voice of God uh, is a sign that you're in covenant with God. The voice of God activates holiness. And the voice of God comes from a place of fire. Now look at verse 7. This is where I begin today. Verse 7 says of Revelation 4, And the first beast was like a, what was it like? Like a what? Revelation chapter 4 verse 7. The first beast was like a lion. Say it a little bit louder. Like a what? Lion. And the second beast was like a, a calf. And the third beast had the face as a man. And the fourth beast was, was, a, fourth beast was a flying eagle. And the four beasts each had six wings and they were full of what? Eyes. They had sight. They had revelation. Day and night they cried, holy, 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 who is to come. So I want to talk to you about, we're talking about the voice. Everybody say the voice. So I want to talk to you about practicing the voice of God. Now what do I mean by practicing? I want you to see these four characteristics where the Holy Spirit begins to describe the voice of God. You see in chapter, in the verse 1 it says, after this I heard a voice. And it begins to show us all the things the voice of God does. But now, it describes these four animals. Everybody say four. And look at the first one. When you see these four animals, these four animals are descriptive of things that help activate God's voice in our lives. Let's start off with the lion. Everybody say lion. There's a scripture in the Bible that says the righteous are as bold as a what? as a lion. See, there's something about the voice of God. When you begin to depend on the voice of God, not the voice of man, not the voice of a professor, not the voice of a human being, but on the voice of God, you begin to become bold as a lion. Many people ask me, what does your boldness come from? The Bible says in, in Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, it says, They who do know God shall do great exploits. What does that mean? It means that those who are in intimacy with God will be bold as a lion. What is it that gives you the boldness to be able to look at the devil in the eye and say, You ain't touching my family. You ain't touching my marriage. You ain't touching my parents. What is it that gives you boldness? What is it that gives you boldness to say to the devil, I ain't, I ain't going back to sin. It's when you have that intimate relationship with God that you can come out. See, you ever seen anybody who gets drunk? See, when, when, when you are intoxicated, you lose your rationale. And all of a sudden, you can be a midget, but you feel like you're a giant. And you got this 6'6 six, six man coming at you, be like, come on, play, let's go, let's go, let's go at it. Because you're on a substance. You are on a substance that's bypassing your reason and it's making you believe you're bigger than you really are and there's a force behind you. Come on, any Star Trek fans up in here? Any Star Wars fans up in here? There's a force 
that is behind you that is stronger than your physical capabilities. When you begin to have communion with God, you become like a lion. You become ferocious. You become bold. You ain't afraid of nobody. And everybody need to watch out when you're coming through because there's something inside of you. There is a force. What gives me the power to come and preach every single Sunday? What makes our services unique and different is that when I'm preaching, it's not this white Chico bringing a word. There is a force that is behind me. It is the force of the Holy Ghost. It is the power of God that is inside of me from intimacy with God. And when I come out, I'm like, I'm like a lion coming out of a cage. Somebody let me loose because I heard the voice of God. I'm full of boldness. I'm full. Somebody shout, I'm a lion. Boy, I, re- I remember, I remember, somebody go, rah. I remember I was going one day to the jungles of Africa. And there's these, uh, there's these uh, they call them the warriors, the young warriors. As soon as you turn 13, they, uh, they, <laughs> they do some rituals and they, uh, they cut some skin and stuff like that. <laughs> so what happens is they become a man. But the final evidence of becoming a man is they'll take you to the jungle and you cannot become a warrior. They have like all these different like, uh, what are those things called? The beads and, and different, different uh, like earrings hanging. And they, 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 they want to become future chiefs in the jungle. And in order for you to become a warrior of the tribe, a man, you need to kill your first lion. <laughs> and so they train you, they hype you, they prepare you. And then you got to go kill your first lion. Let me tell you how they do it. They show up to the lions, and the lions are not afraid of elephants that are 10 times their size. Because inside of them, they got this beast mode in them, where they know they're the king of the jungle. But out of nowhere come these African warriors. You know what they do to them? They go up to them, they go... And all of a sudden, this king of the jungle that tears up elephants and giraffes and beasts, all of a sudden, instead of attacking this human being, this is what they start doing. The lion is confused by the boldness of this human. Because this human has bypassed their mental nature. And now they feel a superior authority in their environment. And instead of attacking, they become afraid of the human because the human has won the mental battle. See, it's all about the mental battle, you see. If the devil can have your mind, he can have you, your kids, your home, your bank, your house, your job. That's why the Bible says the way a man thinks, so is he. The devil's after your mind. If he can have your mind, he can have you. Are you hearing me? So they come and they come. See, why do you think God loves you when you speak in the Holy Ghost? Because the devil don't understand heavenly language. You're like, the devil's like, what the heck are they saying? I ain't going to that church. See, when you got a church full of the Holy Ghost and people praying in, the, in, in a supernatural language, ain't no devils coming to that church. 
You get up in your room in the morning, the devil try to visit you at night. That little wannabe line is going to be like, what the hell is this dude praying? What is these tongues this dude speaking up in here? I'm bouncing this house. There's too much power in this house. There's too much anointing. There's too much of these people. They know who they are. They know what they carry. They know the authority. They know they're sons of God. They know they have the Somebody shout yes. Now let me talk to you about another thing about boldness. Go with me. Let me see. Go with me. There's, there's a scripture that talks about taking risks. And I believe that the lion represents risks as well. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 14. Go there right quick. Proverbs chapter 14 says, when no cattle are, the stall is clean. But when there's much gain, there is strength in the ox. Now watch this. I love this scripture because this scripture says that when everything is clean, it's all good. He says, but when there's ox around, there's things that get messy. See, you want to know why many people aren't used by God? You want to know why I've seen so many miracles in 30 nations? Eyeballs growing, legs growing, hair growing new kidneys, teeth coming out. I've seen people that God grows, uh, puts gold platinum teeth in their back where they had no teeth. A girl that had teeth on, on the roof of her, on the roof of, I don't know how you call that up here in the scientific terms, the palate. Up in the, she had teeth coming out of there. She was born with it. And in the middle of the service, the glory of God fell and disappeared. Why do crazy things like that happen? There's got to be somebody who is bold as a lion to take risks. Write this down. If you want to do great things in life, you got to be willing to take risks. One of the definitions for faith is risk. If you want to live in a risk-free zone, you're never going to see your dreams come to pass. You got to be, see there's some things that until you don't step out of the water, you ain't going to know you can walk on water. See the Lord's going to tell you, the Lord's going to tell you, step out Peter. But if you just like, the law of gravity says I'm going down. See, who, who's more important to you? The words on his mouth or the words on science? Science says I'm going to drown. But his, see, question. When Jesus says step out, what was it that made him walk on water? <laughs> yeah, but he answered it. He said, Lord upon your word. He wasn't stepping on water. He was stepping on a voice. He was stepping out on, see, when you, it doesn't matter what your challenge is in your life, if you hear the voice, if, if you hear, I'm preaching better than you're shouting, if you hear the word and the moment you step out, he's going to hold you up. You ain't going down. He's not letting you go. He's not going to quit on you. He's not turning his, because you're not stepping on nature, you're stepping on a voice. His voice will hold you up. His word will, can I preach it like I feel it up in here? His voice is see you're not stepping on a, on, a, on a wave you're stepping on a word and his word can return void 
Woo! My God, I feel like preaching. Woo! You want to read it? You know what's so powerful about the Word of God? It never returns void. Why do you think that the universe, it keeps expanding? Because it ain't going back. Why doesn't the universe do this? Because his word never returns. He said, let there be. And it's been traveling. Since his word can't return, the universe ain't coming backwards. It, it continues to expand. That's why Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a seed. Why? When you plant it, it'll never stop growing. That's why you should always be growing in faith. You should always be growing in leadership, in character, in love. With God, there ain't no deep promotions. In God, it's all from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from income to income, from, from breakthrough to... God wants to take you to another dimension. Don't get stuck where you're at in God. Don't get stuck where you're at financially because His Word doesn't return void. There's a higher... There's a higher place. There's... I'm here to challenge somebody this morning. Don't get satisfied in that job that you have. God has a promotion for you. God has another business deal. Come on, is anybody excited about growing? No, pastor, you know what? I got this promotion, but I think I'm getting demoted. God don't demote. You got, I would get excited if I heard that right now. God, no, he brought me into this house, Pastor, but now we're going to go, we're going to downsize. God will demote. His word don't return. He said he's going to do it. So I ain't going back on his, see, if you go back on his word, that's doubting. That's the second voice. He says he heard the first voice. What did God say for you? His word ain't going back. So don't you go back. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm here. I'm making 40000 a year. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in seed form. That means my fullest potential is not out yet. I'm not going to limit myself to 40,000. You want to know why chicklets or eagles, they die? If you pop the egg open before it hatches. You want to know why they'll die? I'm going to tell you why. Because you see, you see a little poor chicklet who's forming. You pop it open. It has no way to push against resistance and as that little chiclet is inside that egg that little push is what's building muscle that chiclet is forcing itself out if you break and hatch it you're doing the work for it and never built muscle God has got to allow some resistance the resistance does not mean that he's sending you back am I talking to anybody today the resistance does not mean it's not the will of God. The resistance means God is building you so that when that door opens, you're going to have the strength, the wisdom, the power, the foundation to be able to sustain that blessing. God wants you to, see, he don't just want to promote you. He wants to make you the manager of the whole field. He don't want to just promote you. He want to make you the owner of the whole business. Write this down. There's a difference between judgment, 
mercy and grace. What is judgment? Judgment means you get what you deserve. Write this down. What is mercy? Mercy is you don't get what you deserve. But write what grace means. I like it. Grace means you get what you don't deserve. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're in a, in a company and you get caught stealing. What do you deserve? To get fired and, and what? To go to jail. So imagine you're working for a company and you're an employee and you're caught stealing money. You get judged, you get sentenced, you go to prison. That's judgment. But now all of a sudden, one day they knock on your cell and someone's here to see you. Who's here? Your boss. Your boss shows up and says, I know you stole from me, but I choose to forgive you. And I'm going to let you out. You know what that's called? Mercy. Because he let him go for something he deserved. But let me show you what grace is. Grace is when the boss comes in and says, I'm going to take you out of your prison and I want you to come back. I don't know why, but I like something about you. I want you to sit down because as of today, you are going to be the co-owner of this business because God has spoken to me that you are favored and you are called of God. See, judgment gives you what you deserve. Mercy doesn't give you what you deserve, but grace will put you up in places you never deserve to be. Come on, can you say amen? Come on, can you say amen, church? So I prophesy to you, God's about to put you into places. No, you ain't ready. No, you, you ain't ready for this word. You ain't ready for this word. God's about to put you in places you feel you don't even deserve. He's about to bless you so badly. You about to be like, how'd I, how, what am I doing here? Somebody take a look at this. <laughs> somebody take a look at this. Why am I here? I got that Kevin Hart anointing for it right now. But somebody take a look at this. What am I doing here? How, do, how what? I don't deserve this. God's like, yep. You deserve judgment, but I gave you mercy, but I love you so much. I just want to give you grace. <laughs> Come on, people. You, you got to believe the word. How many believe that grace is coming to you? Ooh, that's, a, that's a word for somebody this morning. I don't deserve that promotion, but his grace is coming. I don't deserve an increase in pay, but his grace is coming. I don't deserve to be forgiven, but his... See, the Bible says even when sin abounds, grace abounds. Sometimes you do some stupid things, and you're like, oh, for sure. There ain't no way God, and next thing you know, God's just promoted. But like, what? Why are you doing this, God? Because he loves you so much that the goodness of God would even lead you to your knees. Some, sometimes God will bless you. You'll be like, why? Why is this happening to me? I'm, 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 I'm sinning. And God's like, I'm giving you an opportunity to repent. My goodness is going to lead you to the cross. Gonna, I don't know if somebody needed to hear that word this morning. So number one is the lion. Say the lion. You got to take risks. 
Can I give you an example of a risk? <laughs> you know how I started learning to hear the voice of God and names? I said, all right, God. I'm going cray-cray right now. I'm going, I'm going cray to the second power. I'm going to sit up in this mall, Lord, and the first name you drop into my mind, I'm going to shout it out. So I, I, I got, see, because God's only willing to use you as much as you're willing to look ridiculous. You know why people don't receive their miracle? Because they're afraid of losing their reputation. My hair's going to get messy. People are going to see me cry. Who cares who's looking at you? That woman with the issue of blood, she didn't care who's looking. She got down and dirty. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. When you're too cute, you come to church all nice and, and dignified, and you don't want nobody to see you, see, see you dancing, you're going to look, oh, look, look, look at that super Christian. Who was there for you when you were about to take your life? Who was there for you when everybody turned their back on you? Who was there for you when you were hurt, broken, and crying? Who was there for you when you almost died? Who was there for you when you lost everything? Who was there for you when you were backstabbed? It wasn't anybody in this place but him. That's why when you come to church, you don't care what nobody's looking or saying. Y'all see this? Y'all see me every Sunday. I know you got to see me. I'm here just, I'm, I'm the pastor of the church. I'm just getting down. I'm just, I'm in the worship and I'm praising because I can't for one moment take for granted what he did for me where he took me from. I'm supposed to be dead. I had bullets going past my head. I was selling dope at one in the morning. My boys were shot and killed for $5 a week. I have friends that are still in prison. Are you, are you hearing me? I'm here with a microphone preaching with freedom. How can I give God a cute praise? I can't give no cookie cutter praise. You know when your praise changes? When you start seeing all the things he's done for you. People that are ungrateful never see the things God's done for them. Man, can you imagine not having your missing fingers, you're missing a leg? You know how challenging that is? You know what it is not to, you know, your eyes not to function properly? You got it all, man. We're so ungrateful. Man, you don't know what you have until you lose it. Let me see that again. You don't know what you have until you lose it. I sit here all religious and be like, oh wow, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I need a, I need his voice. I need to live every day by the voice of the Lord. So I, I would hear the name Tony. I'd be like, Tony! In the middle of the morning, everybody looking at me like I'm crazy. But I told God, I want you to speak to me with names. I want you to give me people's, I want to read their email, God. Give me, show me their hearts. That's why I started learning the prophetic. I started just stepping on the water. Pastor, but what if you made mistakes? I made a whole bunch. And that's why I hit a lot of the target many times. Because I'm not afraid of mistakes. The more afraid you are making mistakes, you're going to stay like the 11 that stayed in the boat. Everybody criticizes that Peter fell in the water, but none of them walked on it. Oh, let me say that again. Everybody criticizes Peter's doubt. But I'd rather be drowning in faith than doubting in fear. 
You'll never know what you could have done if you didn't step out in faith. You never know all that you can be if you don't step out in faith. And pastor, what if they don't get healed? What if they get healed? Pastor, what if it wasn't the voice of God? What's the worst thing that can happen if it wasn't God? My bad. I missed it. I'm a human. As a matter of fact, the third example that God gives, he says, you need to be like a lion. And then he says, you need to be like a man. What does that mean? If you want to hear the voice of God, be humble. Be like, you know what? I can miss it. I'm a human being. I make mistakes. I feel a word to share for you. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But I'm going to believe with all my heart this is God. And I release the word. She tells me, no, you I don't know what that means. That's all right. What am I going to go to hell now because of that? No, I'm learning to hear. At least I tried. At least I stepped. Listen, I have prayed for people that have been in a casket and have not risen from the dead. But I can also tell you I have shown up to people that are dead on a bed, laid my hands on them, and in front of my eyes see the devil of death come out of them and then rise from the dead. Why do some rise from the dead and some don't rise from the dead? I don't know. That's none of my business. But my job is to believe. Can you say amen? How many are going to believe? for big things in your life if you're going to believe you got to step out of the water you got and let me tell you something one day when i said tony i was crying out in the middle of the middle of the mall nobody was coming out i was like man i must have missed it so i show up to a restaurant i'll be like um i want to talk to uh, uh adriana can i speak to her please and I, I was expecting a no and she goes adriana's out for lunch right now you like me to leave a message? I said, oh, I was God. I heard the Lord. And I, because I stepped out, I began to identify when it was God and when it was me. See, you'll never grow if you don't take risks. Calculated risks. Come on, give a hand to Jesus this morning. Number two, the calf represents Sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Let me tell you something. You know where I've seen the greatest miracles in my life? You want to know where I've seen the greatest miracles? One day I was out right here, right here. And as soon as the service is done, they bring the sick. And one day they brought this guy blind, couldn't walk, crippled. Half of his brain was missing. You know what happened to him? He got crushed by a train. And he survived somehow. Blind, deaf. Everything was not functioning. It's one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. Instant. That's why I don't understand when certain miracles don't take place. I just don't question it. But this man in front of my eyes, God, the blind eye went away. He began to see me. He began to hear. He began to talk. And for years, he took his first steps and started walking again. Eyes, ears, tongue, body. Happened, I was tired, I didn't feel like praying, but I surrendered myself like a calf to sacrifice myself for somebody else to live. Can you say amen? When you don't feel like praying, that's when you most gotta pray. Listen to me, some of the greatest miracles you know, I see them in the streets when I don't feel like preaching. One day I preached for this guy, God. God had like a, a leg that was like this. He, he 
was missing like this much of bone. In the middle of the street, there was no pulpit, no piano, no microphone. It was just a crazy believer. Prayed for this man. The power of God came. This man just, leg just starts growing out completely in the middle of the street. prophet, prophet Kathy tells me every time I travel, she says, son, I release you, go prophesy, boom, and she says, take risks. I love that. I ask a prophet, are you ever afraid when you prophesy? She says, every single time. I'm always nervous. You should always, whenever you're going to make big decisions, have those butterflies. I don't know what's going to happen. That's a good sign. That means living on the edge. There's Christians that they like to live comfortable. Don't live comfortable. Live on the edge. Live believing for more. Live to stretch. See your family buy a new home. See your family buy a new car. See your children go to a great school. See yourself in a whole new position at work. See yourself opening your own business. See yourself in movie theaters across America. See yourself producing music that will impact through our iTunes. Am I talking to anybody here today? Somebody that needs to step out of the boat. Stop being comfortable. Stop being passive. And begin to believe God for a big dream. Somebody shout yes. Number three, he speaks of the human. And the human speaks of humility. Be vulnerable. And number four, the ego. Everybody say the ego. Everybody say ego. All right. What does the ego represent? It represents worship. If you want to hear the voice, be a man and a woman that loves to worship. God, because worship, like, you know why the eagles are so powerful? Because they have vision that can see for miles. And the eagle, when they see the storm coming, they'll begin to soar. And that's why eagles never get hit by storms. They soar, they soar above it. If you're a worshiper, you're not going to see many storms hit you. Many tests in life are going to pass you by because your worship is going to take you above that challenge. And even if it's the hardest thing you've ever lived when you're a worshiper, you will always live not under the storm, not inside of the storm. You'll live above the storm. Worshippers are always above. The, as a matter of fact, a man or a woman who's a worshiper is never surprised by the enemy. You live a broken worship life, even the attacks that come your way, you'll be like, God's gonna work this for good. You're gonna see from another round. So, four things today. Everybody say the lion. Take risks. Say with me the calf. Sacrifice service. Say with me the man. Say, be vulnerable. And say with me the eagle. Be a worshiper that rises above the storm. Can somebody say amen? Did you receive that message? Come on, can you give a hand to Jesus this morning? I want you to stand to your feet.
we're going to practice the voice of God today. I'm going to stretch some of you out of your comfort zone right now. I'm about to catch somebody off guard right now. Come here, Keith. I want you to stand right here. Let's practice the voice of God. I don't just, see, I don't just want to preach a good message and then that's it. No. Let's preach the word and then let's demonstrate the word of God. Can you say amen? Sir, I'm going to believe God that God's going to put a word in his heart for your life. Something important that you need today. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to him and reveal something that will encourage you, that will motivate you, that will challenge you to grow in your purpose. If you don't mind taking just two steps forward, right there where you're at, have you, if you're comfortable, lift up your hands. If you can get another microphone over here, please. Another microphone over here. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, I worship you. And then I'm going to ask my sister here, what is your name? Chantel, can you come right here, please? I'm going to ask Jessica to come here, please. Stand right in front of her. Okay. And this is what we're going to do. Lift up your hands, church. Everybody lift up your hands. Say with me, practice the voice of God. What does that mean? That means on purpose. Begin to ask God, God, how do I get a promotion? God, how do I fix this problem in my kids? The Holy Spirit's going to begin to speak to you. I want the church to be a church. I want our young people to be people that God gives revelations, that they hear the voice of God, that they prophesy in the restaurants, that they give words to their family and their campuses and their schools. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to just lift up your hands. Let's just worship for one moment. I want you to lift up your hands. We still got a few minutes before the service ends. And I want you to close your eyes. I want you to worship for one moment. Let's go, let's worship, and let's prepare to do an activation. I wanna thank all of you watching through YouTube, listening through podcasts. We pray that you practice the voice of God in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.